You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. I'm a teacher, and uh, I am working. At, I work in a primary school, and um, because it's a church school, I get to do lots of things about the Bible. So I was um, doing the Christmas story this week, and um, do you know who? One of the things I love about the Bible is how you can read a story for over 50 years and then you suddenly see something new and you just think, oh, or God reminds you of something that you'd forgotten from years ago. And I just, we were watching a little cartoon of the first part of the Christmas story and I thought, oh, and I just thought, wow, isn't God amazing? He just still brings new things to us all the time. So we're just going to look at a little bit of the Christmas story and I've asked Naomi to come and read the part from this. Right, the readings from uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, this be since I am a virgin and the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you. Um, you know, parts of the Christmas story are very familiar, aren't they? And we hear them every year. And um, sometimes we can lose the wonder of, of Jesus becoming fully human and being totally dependent on on somebody else for everything he needed. I, I just find it amazing. And um, we're just going to look at this little part of the story. So it's near the beginning. It's near the beginning of Luke. And um, it's the beginning of God doing something new. And the first thing I noticed was that actually Luke has to describe where Nazareth is. He doesn't jump into Mary. He has to tell us where Nazareth was. It was insignificant. Um, 
according to other people that have looked. It's the first time that Nazareth was mentioned in the Bible. Nothing had happened there of any significance. It was, it was nothing. It was nowhere. And so it ha you have to describe it was in Galilee because otherwise people might not have known. And apparently it was um, six miles from the nearest road. So it, it was really nowhere. A bit like us, it was really nowhere. And yet God pinpointed it. And um, then, he has, then he describes who Mary was before telling us who she was or naming her that she was this person and that person, and then eventually he names her. Um, it, you know, she wasn't well-known. She wasn't of an important family, although she was in the line of David. But she wasn't in a, in a palace. She wasn't anyone important apart from to God. And her insignificance and ordinariness was not a barrier to God. You know, we are Ross and Wye, near Hereford, in between Birmingham, Bristol. Nothing, you know, this lovely river. But what else can you say apart from God is moving and God is working here and wants to do more? And then the angel starts with um, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And favored means preferred over anyone or anything else, special, chosen, selected, single doubt, favorite. Um, and Mary, in this little passage, reacts three times to what Gabriel is saying. And the first time um, she reacts, she's told the Lord is with her. She's told she's highly favored. But her reaction is she was greatly troubled. She was confused and disturbed. She was thoroughly shaken. You know, Mary would have known the significance of the Lord being with her. She would have known the stories of Moses and uh, the people of Israel wandering through the desert. She would have known that the presence of the Lord being with them was something amazing and she was told that the Lord was with her and she was told she was highly favored selected chosen and yet she was greatly troubled I find this really encouraging that I know a lot of stuff up here I know I'm called by name I know I'm loved by an eternal father I know I'm my identity is as a child of God but Sometimes I'm a bit troubled, greatly troubled, um, confused and disturbed. And that is just a lovely encouragement that actually that's not where it needs to stop. You can be greatly confused, you can be disturbed, but actually that doesn't have to stop anything from God being at work. Um, and and I like this bit. She tried to discern what sort of greeting it was. She was a bit sort of suspicious. Um, I, I remember we went to a meeting, um, oh, I can't remember, about seven years ago when uh, CLC was going to plant five churches or wanted to have five churches. And somebody came up to me and they explained it all. And someone came up to me and said, oh, isn't that exciting? And I said, well, it is exciting, but I'm just thinking, what does that mean for me? 
you know, I, I was a bit suspicious. I was, because that's where my mind went, was what, well, what am I going to end up doing? Um, and I, so I can really relate to Mary. I just love that she is troubled, even though she's been told by God that she's favoured. We are told we are favoured, and yet we can be like that, can't we? And Gabriel doesn't say, what do you mean? You, you know, you're favoured by God. I've told you. I've told you. He doesn't tell her off. He doesn't condemn her. He just gently carries on. And, you know, she, he just says, come on, I'm going to keep going. And he reminds her again of her identity. And she's favoured by God. He says again that you are... Uh, I've got God's favor over her. She explained again what was going, um, who she was, and where she was, and what was happening. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. So she's been reminded again of God's favor. She's been told again that she's chosen. So that should bring it to a rest? No. Now she verbalizes her questions. She actually says, how? Again, I find this really encouraging. <laughs> that actually she asked questions because she still wasn't sure. She was looking at what was around her, her circumstances and what she was rather than, even though she'd been reminded of it, relying on her position and her identity. She'd had that spoken over her twice by an angel, by this messenger from God who'd come into her living room. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd think that if an angel came and told me twice I was favoured by God, well, I like to think that I wouldn't have any questions. And yet Mary, I think we could all relate to, would just say, How? And so, sorry, I can't read. You know, she, I think she looked at, she wasn't married. She, um, it would mean the end of her family relating to her. That she looked at her qualifications. She looked at the facts as they were. And again, Gabriel doesn't reprimand her. He doesn't say, that's it. You know, I've told you you're favored. You're questioning this. I'm going. It can't happen. He just carries on. And, and, you know, God is so gracious to us. God is so amazing to us. He just says, come on my journey. Come on my journey. Come with me. Come with me. And so the Holy, and he's so, Gabriel just carries on. No condemnation in what he's saying. Nothing. He just says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will call the Son of God. For no word from God will ever fail. And this time we see um, Mary's third reaction, which is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I don't think anything had changed. When she said that, she didn't know how Joseph would react. She didn't know what her family would do. She didn't know 
what would happen to her, how she, what she probably thought was the worst, if she's like most humans, um, that, you know, she'd be an outcast and, you know, she just couldn't see the future. But she still said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And her willingness to partner with God to fulfill the plans that were laid out from before the creation of the world meant that the miraculous could happen. You know, those plans have been prepared for her thousands of years ago. And her willingness to believe in what God says, to take him at his word, that he would go with her, that the Holy Spirit would fall on her and cover her, meant the miraculous could happen. Nothing had changed. Nothing in her circumstance had changed. And I like to think that her questions and her feelings of fear and confusion were there. But the one thing that changed was instead of looking here, she looked there. She remembered who she was and reminded herself. She'd been reminded and she began to, she chose to stand on what was being said over her rather than what was around her. She made that choice. She didn't know what Joseph was um, would do. She didn't know what her family's reaction would be. She didn't know what her town's reaction would be. But she, re she chose to rely on the nature of God, who he was, and what he said. He would be with her. She was favoured. So what, the only thing that really changed was the choice she made of where she would look and where she would, what she would rely on. Um, for, all, for no word from God will ever fail. And in another version it says, for the word of God will never fail. And in another version it says, for, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And the Amplified says, for with God nothing is or ever shall be impossible. She chose to align herself with God's plan, and so the Holy Spirit was able to work. All she had to do was say, I'm going to go with you, God. I'm going to partner with you. God didn't need her, but he did need her because that's how he'd chosen to work. God doesn't need us, but he does need us because that's how he chose to work. She chose to work, partner with God, and so the impossible became possible. In the middle of her humble, ordinary existence, she was willing for God to use her and work through her. She may well have wondered how still. She still had those questions. She may well have been troubled, but she chose to look up and she chose to partner with God. And that potential is ours. That, that potential is ours. We may well have um, feelings of fear. We may, may be confused and doubtful. We may be greatly troubled. We may say, how? But actually the same option, same choice is available to us. Uh, it says in Hebrews, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, 
because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Mary wasn't well educated. She wasn't from anywhere. She wasn't from anywhere important. She was part of the right family, but actually her circumstances were not favorable. We're part of the right family, the rest of it, and that qualifies you. That's what qualified her. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. We have that Holy Spirit. Our choice, our choice. She chose to partner with God to do the impossible. We are from a small church in a small town, somewhere between Birmingham and Bristol. We can choose as a church, we can choose as individuals to align ourselves with God's plan and see the impossible. We can see the miraculous. It's our choice. It's our choice as individuals to see what in our mind is impossible becoming possible. We've sung lots of things about the, who God is this morning. That is the truth. We choose how we react to it. We choose what we do in spite of it. We choose whether in spite of our, our, trouble, our trouble, our fear, in spite of our questions how, whether we say, okay, I'm going to be the Lord's servant. As a church and as individuals, that's our re we can choose our reaction. We may look at our qualifications or our circumstances or our finance or our past, our inabilities, our weaknesses, our tiredness, and be troubled and confused. And the enemy will try and try and try and disqualify us but Jesus qualifies us. We've had communion and we've had so many reminders of how we are fit for purpose because of God and whose we are. You know, I, I really believe that this week, um, tomorrow, tonight, next week, Christmas, next year as a church and as individuals, we'll have times of choice to make. How are we going to react to circumstances? What we're going to put our trust in? Where are we going to look? We can be troubled. We can be confused. We can think, how are we going to do this? But we can do the same because with God, nothing is impossible. We've got to choose. My, I want, I really want to look up. I want us to look up. I want us to look at whose we are as a church and as individuals and not look at what circumstance says. I think we need to, we need to turn our phones down. <laughs> Just one of um, But God has called us. We are favoured because we're his. His Holy Spirit can fill us and empower us. He wants to. He wants to use us. He wants to use you with your neighbours. He wants to use you with your work colleagues. He wants to use us as a church for this town. But we have to choose, and it is our choice. If we choose to be used, the insignificant 
will be miraculous. Where we as insignificant people will become miraculous. And we will see things become possible that we thought were impossible. Things beyond our imagining. I've, I believe God's got things ahead for us this year. And he is just saying, come on. He's not condemning us for having questions. He's not for condemning us for asking how. He's just saying, come on. You're, you are favoured. You are a child of God. I've called you by name. You can do this. We can do this. My Holy Spirit can fill you and fill you and fill you and fill you. And we can see things beyond our imagining happening in our families, in our workplaces, in our town. It doesn't matter that Ross is a small place. It doesn't matter that you've got not got this qualification or or that finance or anything. Because God is saying, you are favoured. You, the Holy Spirit can come on you and fill you and you can do the impossible. No word will ever fail. God reminds of us our identity. He's our father. We are his. God reminds us of our, his nature, his love, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, his patience his strength, and just says, come on, take the next step. That's all I'm asking you. Take the next step, and then take the next step. And for all one, each one of us, there are next steps to take. This time next year, we, we are just going to be amazed at what God does and is doing through us and in us. I just invite the worship team just to come back up. Um, you know, just ask God what it is that he wants you to reach out for and look to him for. It's not a general, there, there are things for all of us that we need to just say, actually, God, I'm going to say, I'm your servant. I'm going to be used by you.